You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Geekiest Show Ever, episode number 75. Joining me this week, as always, is Kevin Alder. Kevin, how are you going? Ah, I'm going okay. I'm, it's uh, It's been a long week, but a rewarding week at work, so um, I'm a little whooped, but we're doing good, and I think... Uh, We've got a little something different for the listeners tonight as, as far as the show prep goes. Yeah, we certainly do. You know, it's it's a big role reversal with us because normally I'm the one who just moseys in on Skype and says, all right, Kevin, what topics have you got for us? What can we discuss? And and I usually bring very little, if anything, to the table. But because Kevin's been so busy, I've actually turned around and I've actually come up with some show notes. So you know what? I, either listeners are going to love the topics that I bring to the table well, they're never going to want me to come up with an original idea again. Well, that that will be the verdict that will have to remain out until they hear the show then, I guess. So, listeners, if you have a problem with Mark's topics, tell him, not me, because I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can email us at gse at mymac.com. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you got for us this week, Mr. Greentree? Well, I want to talk about something that's really super cool, which is Parenting 101. Now, everyone's scratching their head going, okay, what's this about? Well, my daughter's already at school. My son's at home still. He goes to school next year. Now, the problem that I've got is when it's really bad weather, it's raining, it's windy and everything, I've still got to go and pick my daughter up. And now we only have one family car. So me and Greta have to share it, of course, and she takes it to work. So the last couple of Fridays, we've had just torrential downpours, massive winds coming through. It's almost felt like the, the sort of roof will lift off the house. So not wanting to take Nicholas out and get him sick, I decided, okay, how am I going to do this? I've still got to pick up my daughter, but I've got to do something. So I actually sat Nicholas in my office chair in front of my iMac, taught him how to use Skype and how to answer the, the Skype calls when I called in, and I actually took my iPhone out there in the wild weather and, and we were communicating. I was talking back and forth to him, you know, over Skype and, and while I went and picked up my daughter. Now, I, I do want to say my daughter's school is 400 metres up the road, so it isn't really that far. But still, I'm leaving a five-year-old at home alone. You know, that, that's a big call and a big ask. But it's amazing. You look at something like technology and you go, wow, I'm a, a parent in the 21st century. But what I thought was really incredible was the mothers of the other kids were all over me when I was up there because they were like, what? oh, you can see them. And they were waving to them and so excited. And it's like, how do you do that? They thought I was a god or something. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just Skype. It's just 3G data. You know, they were like, how is that even possible? Is that real? <laughs> Can he hear me? <laughs> Can I talk to him? And it's like, oh my god! <laughs> and and uh, that's what I think was the the, the funniest geek moment in, in like the last week that or the last couple of weeks really that I, I've sort of done. Um, you know, it's not something that I like doing, but, you know, he, look, he got a buzz out of it. He thinks it's great that he can see Daddy on the screen and talk to me and everything. And, you know, for the 15, 20 minutes it takes, it doesn't use a lot of data on the 3G network. Plus, he's actually a really good kid. He actually stayed in my office chair and didn't budge. He was, you know, pulling funny faces and laughing <laughs> and showing stuff on the iPad and everything. It's like, he's a little mini-me, Kevin. Oh, dear Lord, poor kid. But <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the, there is no hope for the poor, for the, the for the southern hemisphere then <laughs> if there's going to be a mini a mini mark. So you, you have to, you know, if he starts doing, you and him will have to start doing the little. Uh, oh, I can't think of the character's name. Uh, Doctor Evil. That's it <laughs> from the from the movies where you have to put your pinky to your mouth there and turn it so so it looks good. But you, but you mean it? I that's pretty cool. That is an awesome use of technology. But if that blew those mothers' minds, could you imagine if, how you would have blown their minds if you were ta- if they'd seen you talking to me on Skype while I was on a train going across the southern part of the U.S. at seventy miles an oh, yeah. hour? You know, it's just amazing. People and and I term them as normal people. I don't know whether I'm abnormal or whether I'm just really a geek. But you know, I'm I'm probably a bit of both. Uh, but you know, the bottom line is that it's amazing how people don't realize that this stuff is actually out there. And it's like, you know, these same people have smartphones and everything. They've got all this wonderful stuff, but they either don't know how to use it. They don't want to use it. They don't utilize it. And it's like, what a waste. It's like, you know, I I look at my little iPhone 4 and go, wow, you know, I I could actually do this. That was absolutely cool. And that's one of the features that I'd, I'd use again. Um, but yeah, they were just blown away, and I, I, I was blown away that they honestly didn't know. Uh, you know, one of them did say, "Oh, is that FaceTime?" And it's like, "No, it's Skype. FaceTime isn't on 3G yet." <laughs> and then I started thinking, "All right, I am this super super nerd, and I maybe should stop talking now." <laughs> <laughs> we, but you, you, I think the term you hear coined a lot recently, I've heard on other podcasts, is they call them norms. The norms. <laughs> I like that. You know what? If, that's that's like what did they they call the normal people in Harry Potter? Um, oh, the the term escapes mug, me. Mug something now. I don't know those series of books that well than what my kids have told me about mugwat. No, not mugwise. No, um, it, it's very similar to to what mudbloods. You know mug- what? You know what? I should know it, and I'm embarrassed that I don't know because I do love the series. But um, you know what? It'll come to me as soon as I I hit the the, the stop recording button. It'll go <laughs> ding, and Mark will go. Oh, jeez. Uh, hey, you, you know, you said something about whether you were abnormal or normal. I have to say, here's a little rat hole. Not that we ever go down rat holes. Every time somebody says the word abnormal, I flash back to that movie Young Frankenstein. Where he asked the guy about what brain did you get, Igor? Abby. Abby who? Abby normal. <laughs> and he picked up the abnormal brain instead of the regular one for <laughs> Frankenstein to put in the monster. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. The oh, I love that movie. I I remember going to the theater when it first came out. You know, you were still pooping in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> And we've hit the toilet humor at, uh, what, about six minutes in. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but I, I remember going to see it, and that movie was so funny that I watched that whole movie and never realized it was in black and white. Huh, wow. All the way, th- yeah, I sat there, I never, because you know, I got to talking about, uh, where uh, there were, he was carrying Terry, uh, crap, I can't think of the actress's last name, he's carrying her up the door, and 
they they rap on the door with the giant knockers, and he goes, "Oh, nice knockers! Oh, thank you, Doctor. That's very nice of you to say." <laughs> yeah. Well, certainly the the one Frankenstein I enjoy is the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, you know, I'm, I'm big into horror movies. I don't know if we've actually really discussed my love for horror movies on this show. We probably haven't. It's probably been mainly sci-fi's, but I do love a good horror movie. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes type, or what? Uh, I haven't seen that one. Um, but if you want something that's sort of a little bit out there, The Blob. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's... It's been years. Yeah, that, that's a pretty yeah. good one. Uh, the Saw movies are very good. Um, I, I even go for the Scream uh, movies. Um, you know, I just really like that type of thing. Um, and anything Rob Zombie-based. So, House of a Thousand Horse. House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects are on my top tier of horror movies. Uh, they're just brilliant. I, I love Rob Zombie's mental image of life and, and, and filmmaking and so forth. It is so bizarre. And I, I think I've said once before, uh, his animated movie, El Super Bisto, that was even too far out there for me. It's I don't think very, I've ever seen it. It's well, it's an R-rated one out here, so you guys would have it as X, I think. Um, it, it's, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's right out there. Trust me. Um, definitely do not watch it, even with teenage kids around. Um, you just don't want them having that kind of visual and <laughs> and that bad, huh? It, it's pretty bad, it, and um, they do things that. Only cartoon characters could do, let me put it that way. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's very, it's right on the edge of pornography, but it's not pornography. Uh, but it, it does everything it possibly can to exploit what's there. Um, but it, it's still entertaining. But, yeah, seriously, you need a nail in the, the head after you've seen it because, you know, you, you're just brain numb afterwards. You're like, what? How? What? You're still trying to get over what he's actually done there. And I honestly, to this day, I've seen it a couple of times and I still don't get the the concept of the movie. Whereas his other movies, I completely get. They they fall into line. I even get his music. You know, I, I, um, I fall into line with that. But that movie is just so wacky that, yeah, just amazing. Just, well, now, do you feel like, horror movies do you like uh like the uh night was it night of the living dead dawn of the dead movies they're good they're good um what i you know what i don't like the freddy krueger movies as such uh and the reason why i bring up freddy krueger is that was in the same roughly the same era uh of horror movies and i think really the problem is that they ended up making too many and you know this is always the story of you know a sequel, you know, and horror movies are big on sequels, you know, then they're big on making the trilogy, and then you get Freddy Krueger episode number 12, and, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever they're up to, I, I've completely lost count, but the bottom line is, it was good for a reason, you know, it was really, really yeah. good for a reason, and then they go and change actors, they change directors and writers, and they just, somehow horror movies tend to turn into Toonie bopper horror movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer. They always get there in the end. If they do too many additions, it just gets stupid and ridiculous. 
Uh, and I think that's why I like Scream and the Scream series, because even though it was that sort of teeny bopper kind of environment, um, you know, aimed towards the, the same generation that would watch American Pie and, and so forth, the good thing about it was they were taking pot shots at the movies and the horror films and, you know, taking pot shots at themselves in the movies. And it was just very smartly done. It was appealing to two different audiences and I like that kind of thing. Um, but the the movies that, besides the Rob Zombie horror movies, um, you know, it, if it's based on a Stephen King novel and Stephen King's had an involvement in writing the screenplay, magnificent. Absolutely love it. Uh, he scares the crap out of me the way that man's mind works. I love. I remember. It. Oh, his, his mind's perfect in in my mind, Kevin. <laughs> well, I, you know, I I'm not saying he's not good, but I remember seeing the movie Christine, and that freaked me out. And what was the other one that I saw of his that kind of weirded me out? You know, you know, the one movie that scared me the most out of any that he's done is a movie called Rose Red. And it wasn't necessarily a um, a movie. It was more a miniseries. But what happened is that they actually produced a mockumentary, I guess, but under the guise of it being a real documentary about this haunted house in, I want to say it was San Francisco, in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, that was built, you know, and, and that it kept growing. So like the Winchester Mansion uh, in the U.S., <clears throat> this sort of mystery kind of mansion. And it was done so well, that documentary, that it was believable. And then you went into the movie, after seeing the documentary, believing that this was absolutely real. You know, they had eyewitnesses. People had gone into the house and never come out again. They'd never been able to find a body. All that kind of stuff. It was just magical. Um, and that movie, really, really... I, you know, I, I've got the tendency to watch horror movies on my own, in the dark, you know, I love being scared out of my wits because it, it's just, it's an adrenaline rush for me. It, you know, I I hate it as much as I love it, if that makes any sense. It's like I yeah. love to hate doing it. It's like I feel so much emotion when I'm watching the movie. Uh, but then at the same time, I'm constantly looking behind me and everything. And, you know, and then when, once the movie goes off, Right, and then it's time to sort of get to bed, or time to have a shower, and then get to bed. You know, then in the shower, you know, you're sort of washing your your hair and so forth, and, and you think that stuff's creeping on the back of you, and and you're looking around all the time, and it's like, oh, what goes around, what goes. <laughs> so, so you know, uh, oh, you know what? Another good one is um, paranormal. Paranormal. I haven't seen that one. You know what? It, it's very much Blair Witch kind of thing where it was done more like a documentary again but it was basically the inside of someone's house and then it recorded all these weird going on and behaviors i know which movie you're talking about now yeah but you know there wasn't a lot of dialogue there wasn't a lot of story they let the mystique and the sound and just the general atmosphere go and tell the story and look this is why I, and I may be a nutter, but this is why I go and watch all the, the different um, ghost TV shows like Haunted Collector and, and Ghost Hunter and, and stuff like that. It, it's not because 
you know, it's like, hey, look, there's a, a full ghost or apparition that they actually capture because they somehow seem to not really capture that much. And then when they do, you can sort of think, uh, you know, is it right or is it wrong? Uh, but what I like is I like the atmosphere that they create with that filmmaking, with that television making. There's sort of the the night vision camera, the the sort of green and the dark, and then just the, the sound, and then the, oh, they hear something, they just, they move, you know. It's... um. It's just good storytelling. You know, that, that's the way I look at it. And it, it gives you that same horror movie feel that you sort of then on tender hooks afterwards. Well, you know, then you need to come over. You need to come visit me. The movie, The Blair Witch Product, Product, Project, is that, was that the right name for it? Yeah. Was filmed about 40 miles from here, from where yeah. I live. Cool. In a, in a little town called Burkittsville, Maryland. And it's always had kind of an eerie thing. I can remember as a teenager, Burkittsville's uh, fairly famous uh, for a lot of, or, or a little bit infamous locally for a lot of things. It played a part in the American Civil War back in the 1860s. There was a, oh, now any history bus will shoot me, but I believe it was a precursory battle to either the Battle of Antietam, which was the single bloodiest day of the Civil War, or a precursor to the Battle of Gettysburg, and I get it, I can't remember now off the top of my head. But the story was there's a story talking about the Burkittsville, and there was this group of Confederate soldiers, and they were trying to push a cannon up the hill, and they were all killed in the process. And the story goes that if you go over to the town, you go into the town, and you take a left, and you go out of the town, you go out of town, you start up the little mountain that's there beside the town. And you'll crest over a hill and you start down a little hill. If you go down and park at the bottom of the hill and put your car in neutral, the car will roll back up the hill. Now, I have personally experienced this, and I have literally scared the living you-know-what out of about a half a dozen people doing that. And don't do it when somebody's drunk, because then they just throw up in your car and it's really nasty. (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) It's it just freaks people out. What's weird too is you'll go through this town, and we used to always take people over and do it to them on, in the winter. You know, all the leaves are off the trees. The town, and when you drive through the town, there's not a lot of street lights, and you'd like drive by houses, and you could look in the windows of the houses, and you wouldn't see people. You'd see like the table set for dinner, but there's nobody around in the house. You don't see anything. So it's really kind of freaky, but the the, the real so it, you, you would just literally scare people half to death. Just stop in your car, the bottom of the hill, put it in neutral, and the car rolls back up the hill. That is incredible. Now, what, now, now I, here's, I, I do have to ask: there's got to be something relating to physics involved with with what's happening there. There just has to be, unless it is, of course. Paranormal, and then you know, of course, we go into the do you believe in the paranormal or not? And you know, I'm, I'm always on the fence, I like yeah. the idea of it, but I also look at the sort of the science and the fact of it and think, well, you know, is it possible or is it our imagination? Well, it you know, they have there's like historical markers there. I haven't been over there for years. Um, I don't want to take my kids over there and freak them out just yet, they're not quite old enough <laughs> to be crap out of them. Um, but what it what it actually is is when you go up over the first hill and start down with what is the second hill, because of the lay of the land, it's an optical illusion. 
Ah. Like you're going downhill, but you're actually going up. It's easier to see it during the daytime. At night, you can't tell the optical illusion. Mm -hmm. But you're sitting there and you're backing away from a, you're going uphill and what looks like pointing, your headlights are pointing down. And it will scare the crap out of people. <laughs> they will. Li I had one guy beat me. Get me the hell out of here. <laughs> it was a fun and I couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing so hard. I almost ran off the road. I was laughing so hard. I didn't put, you know, didn't hit the brakes and put the car in gear. <laughs> of course, we're doing it in the middle of the night on this little blind road. You know, if somebody popped over the hill. Bam! It was all over with. But Sounds it was, like fun, though. It was. It was worth scaring people. But uh, and then we before we did that, we always rode them over by the cemetery they show in the Blair Witch Project, and we'd ride them around town there just to freak them out a little bit beforehand. <laughs> old little town, really quaint little town. But at night, it's freaky looking because it's big old houses. Hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing how you know not by any. Uh, you know, sort of not necessarily done on purpose, but how really haunting some of those houses can look. And, and certainly in the U.S., there's a lot of that that old style house, um, you know, that that have sort of, uh, uh, you know, of course, but the, the sort of arching and and so forth, and, and the top sort of area that uh, you know we don't we just don't have on our houses out here. Um, you know, there, there's of course a few, but there's not that many. But it does give that imposing um, sort of feeling. And uh, certainly then if you've got a town that surrounds it that, you know, is, uh, you know, got a little bit of mystique about it and, and a quieter town as well, then I can imagine going through it at night, you'd be, uh, you'd be going on a good ghost hunting adventure there. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it is kind of freaky. I think the type of house you're talking about is probably what they call Victorian style yeah. architecture. Um, I have to. I remember as a kid, there was a house in the little town I grew up in that was across the street. And I grew up in a very, very, very small little town, about four hundred people in the town I grew up in. And Friday night was the big night when every, when everybody that lived out around it was a farming community, and everybody came into town, and everybody used to go downtown. Everybody went to the bank on Friday night, and you you talked and you kind of socialized a little bit. But across the street from the bank was this big old Victorian house. That house freaked me out all the time because I never saw lights on in it and it was just scary ass looking out. <laughs> I would anytime we I can remember as a kid we'd be going or coming at night and that's the way we'd go in and out of town as we went back to where I lived and when we get to that part of town I'd always duck my head down or I'd do something I didn't want to look I wouldn't look at that house as a kid going by yeah I wouldn't look at the house when I was a kid and we'd go by it would just freak me out I mean of course I got older and then it was other things that freaked me out, but <laughs> for interesting substances. You know, I, I just love that feeling of being freaked out. I love that feeling of not knowing. And, you know, it, as much as I think people want to sort of find out if there's maybe an afterlife, if we continue on and, you know, our ghosts real and hauntings real and stuff like that, I think the mystique is more enjoyable. Because if you know the facts and you know the truth, it, it's like finding aliens, you know, um, when you can dream and imagine, your mind can take you anywhere and you can experience so much. When there's actually fact behind it, then it becomes, oh, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, 
there's our neighbours, they're on Mars, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. They were just living underground all this time. So, um, yeah, you know, um, of course, you know, I want the Transformers to, to come down to Earth and and so forth. Just, you know, the, the Autobots, though, you know, not, not the Decepticons. Well, you know, I'll tell you another interesting fact. There's, uh, I, w- I asked you about Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, and I can't remember which one it is, but one of my coworkers was an extra. In oh, the really? That's yeah, and cool. He, and he's huge into zombies, and every once in a while I'll be walking by, and I'll, hey, uh, there's a couple undeads waiting for you at the counter. He goes, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy. He's, he's a lot of fun to work with. I really like him. But And, you know, he, I just... He, he's enamored with the whole zombie thing. And I've got another co-worker. She's enamored with the zombie thing. I'm, going, I'm, trying, really? I'm I... trying to think that there's a, a Charlton Heston movie that I, I love that's uh, based around zombies. And, uh, you know, I really should have done more, more show prep, but this topic wasn't in the show prep. <laughs> oh, I'm the, sorry. The, the, the Omega Man. That, that, that's the movie. Very, very awesome zombie-ish movie. It, it's basically like... the. It, it's almost the same as uh, Will Smith's um, I Am... I Am... Robot? Le- I Am Legend. Oh, I Am Legend, yes. Yeah. I know that. So, I- so very similar, but back in the, the 60s. Um, and of course, yeah, I'm a big fan of the old movies. I, I love the new movies with all the great special effects and that. But sometimes the older movies I actually enjoy much better. Uh, you know, they had... I just feel it was more about the actor and trying to scare you with what was available versus now it's just blood and gore and and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but it's not, not necessarily that scary after you've seen, you know, bloodbath kind of thing. It's like, yeah, ho-hum. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, it's been years ago, we all wanted to go see uh, the uh, local movie theater, Small Town Theater again had the first ever X-rated movie they were showing. This was huge. Turned out to be a cartoon. Uh, If I remember right, it was called Fritz or Felix the Cat or something like that. Fritz the Cat, I think. And it was really bizarre. It was like, you know, this drug-induced weird crap. I I don't even remember. But one of my friends couldn't get in to see it. His ID, his, uh, uh, let's put it this way, his ID of questionable origin... (laughs) <laughs> uh, didn't make the people believe it well enough. So he had to go see the movie next door. And he went to see a movie called Last House on the Left, which is some kind of weird horror movie about these people that descend on um, a family or something and take them hostage and the stuff they try to do to them. I, I remember him talking about it. And I'm going, oh, my God. I, you know. And I was excited to go see this X-rated cartoon, and he's coming out, and he's all freaked out from this movie because he had to wait for us because we <laughs> we had driven, so he's stuck waiting for us to come out. And oh my god, it was just unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I used to enjoy good horror movies. I used to love. I can remember going to see two different ones that scared me pretty bad, and this was when I was like eighteen, nineteen years old, and I thought, oh, I was a big tough guy, and. Uh, I went and saw these movies, and I, I was scared. Well, I don't know how other way to say it. Shitless for the whole world. <laughs> but, you know, you talk about the shower thing, you know, after you're all freaked out. One of my friend's wife pulled the best stunt ever on him. 
he was a little bit freaked out after watching something, if I remember right, and he got in the shower. She snuck into the bathroom, and while he's standing in the shower, she reached in and grabbed his toe. Oh, oh, no. He may have had to clean more of the shower than he had to clean. <laughs> I'm not 100% certain. Uh, you know, that reminds me of Stephen King's It. And uh, the book is absolutely fantastic. It's a marathon read, but it's really good. But the movie also is fairly good. Again, you know, Stephen King novels and, and uh, then associated movies are very long. They're generally miniseries or two-parters, and, and this one is as well. And um, anyway, the, the funny thing is that the clown would actually sort of come up out of the drains and... You know, you'd sort of have the, the drains in the bathrooms and then pop out of, you know, the, the water fossick and, and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, that sort of creeps you out when you then watch it and then you need to go and use the bathroom. It even came up in the toilet once and then the movie and it's like, ah! And we've hit the toilet at the 26-minute mark. <laughs> we always hit the toilet. And, you know, we, we get scared shitless when we're... Uh, <laughs> when we're talking horror movies. But I'm actually on, on iTunes now trying to recall all the horror movies that I love. And I'm coming across um, The Shining is definitely one that I, I thoroughly enjoy. I don't like the one uh, with Jack Nicholson in it. I prefer the the other one that was done with uh, Rebecca De Mornay. Um, Only the, seen the Jack Nicholson one. Yeah, the, the other one I feel is better. Um, and I don't know, I, I just... I like the idea of a B-rated horror film. I like the idea of an unknown, um, you know, actor acting. You know, if you get someone... Okay, a good example is I Am Legend. Will Smith, great actor. But I still think of him as the guy who whooped ass in Independence Day. uh, Or who's in Men in Black, you know. And then you sort of get him to go into another role that's a horror role or at the very least a thriller role, and you sort of, you see through it a, a little bit. And, um, yeah, I'm just sort of, I, I don't like the big-time actors necessarily going for what I class as being a B-rated film. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it, it doesn't work. Um, oh, there's another good one, Stakeland. That is extremely good. A um, little bit wacky, but it, it's a good zombie movie. Um, and... Very, very cool. You, you would get along excellent with uh, a young man who's a friend of mine. He used to work for me. Uh, his name's Brian. He is a B-rated horror movie fanatic. He still goes around, and this will make the guy who shall remain nameless nuts, but he goes around to yard sales and buys not only DVDs of these B-rated VHS horror movies, and but he, buys, he only buys the VHS yeah. and stuff. And every two, is it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday night is horror movie night. He has friends over to his house every Tuesday night, and they'll watch horror movies. He actually writes reviews for, and he's going to shoot me when he hears this, and I can't remember the name of the site he writes reviews for. He goes to Sundance Music Festival because he does some review work for that. He's big into the stuff, but he's shown me pictures. He lives in Austin, Texas, and he's shown me pictures. One entire bedroom of his house. And as he told last time I talked to him, it sounded like that was even getting too small. Is covered wall to wall, floor to ceiling, shelving filled with DVDs and VHS tapes of horror movies. 
That's cool. It is unbelievable. He has thousands and thousands. It's just, I'll have to see if I can find some of the pictures he sent me. And I'm sure he won't care, but I'll get permission first if I can get one. And we'll put it in the show notes. But um, That's he, very he, cool. he just loves the stuff. I'm trying to remember... He's got a real favorite director, and I'm trying to remember who he is. Uh, I know I should, because he used to have it on his personalized tag, too. Oh, crap. I can't remember. I looked at that tag every day for so many years. Now I can't even remember the name that was on it. <laughs> One of the, but he, Brian was a huge fan. Well, still is a huge fan of horror movies. He goes all over the place to look at them and you know, goes to places where they're filmed and he goes out to Sundance and gets to see the horror movies out there, the first run on them and all this stuff. It's it's just amazing. It's mm. truly amazing the stuff he goes to. And I know he who shall remain nameless would just have a fit with all that physical media sitting around. But you know what? In all honesty, when it comes down to horror movies, especially the B-rated horror movies, many of them are still unavailable even on DVD, let alone being available on iTunes. Some of them only exist on VHS. Uh, they're so rare, you know, there's definitely a cult following, um, you know, of B-grade movie collectors. And um, so you, you really have no choice. If you want certain movies, you've got to go where where you can actually get it. There's a few that I've seen over the years, uh, and Telly Savalas uh, was in one that I absolutely adored. But it, it was released by a company, I want to say they were called Silver Screams. I think that's the one. Anyway, um, I've only ever come across it on VHS. I've never come across it on DVD. I've never come across it on iTunes. And I look, I go through the horror sections and, you know, sort of see what's coming out. And I've never come across it. And it's like, oh, I wish I I had that video. Unfortunately, it was a rental uh, that I had. So, um, but yeah, it would have been nice to sort of make a copy because it was a really good film. And I honestly can't even remember the name of it. I'd have to look it up in, in Wikipedia or or uh, the uh, IMDB database yeah. uh, to sort of see the exact name of it. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure that it hasn't come out. But um, yeah, I, look, you know, it's horror movies are just a, a great thing. They're just fun. I, I love them. Uh, actually, one horror movie that I want to see that, that's just been released recently is called Apollo 18. So you're mixing sci-fi with science with horror movies. Uh, just, you can't get better than a sci-fi horror. <laughs> you just can't. Everyone loves Alien, and everyone loves Alien versus Predator. And I, oh, actually, I, I ordered uh, the, the double pack of Alien versus Predator the other day. I'm waiting for it to come in. Uh, you know, it was... It was $10 on DVD for both movies. You know, the iTunes versions <laughs> weren't even in HD and they were like 15 bucks each. It's like, screw that. I ain't doing that. Yeah, you know, I'd, buy, I'd, I'd buy it if they were in HD, but it wasn't in HD. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to that. that. That's, that's again, Mark buys his own presents and Greta <laughs> gives them to me. Um, in the right order. In the Oh, she's going to give it to me in the right order. And then, um, what else did I order at the same time? I ordered a couple of other movies. Uh, American Beauty. That's not a horror movie. It's a it's a drama one with Kevin Spacey, and it's always been one of my favourite movies. Um, so that's very enjoyable. Um, and then the other one was an Austra- actually an Australian war movie uh, called Beneath Hill 60. 
And that's just, it's a really good war movie where they actually tunneled underneath the opposing forces and literally blew up the battlefield from underground. Um, very, very strong acting, just a brilliant movie. I, you know, I'm, it's going to take me forever to put all these links into the show notes, but I'll, I'll throw <laughs> them in um, because, you know, we, we're sharing really good stuff. But getting back to Apollo 18, um, what I like about it, just the, the trailer alone, it's it sort of got questionable, you know, ratings and so forth. People are sort of looking at it as, you know, um, well, it's not relating to why... NASA cancelled the Apollo missions. But the whole concept of the movie is, well, on Apollo 18, this is what happened and this is why Apollo was cancelled. You know, it takes Mm. almost, like we were talking about uh, a couple of months back, an alternative history um, kind of look. But it, it takes it from the standpoint of a horror movie that there's something on the moon and that's why we've never been back. Um, and, you know, just that type of thing, yes, it's fictional, but that type of thing just gets my imagination going a million miles per hour. I, I love that kind of stuff. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like Transformers, um, you know, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, no, Dark of the Moon. I, I keep thinking Pink Floyd. Uh, <laughs> that was, a, that was a, really con- a really confusing title. It still bugs me to this day. It's like, yeah, who... You know, you kind of nicked it there, Michael Bay. But um, <laughs> what, what I think I love about it is the idea that there's actually, yes, there is a, a crashed alien spacecraft on the moon and that all we need is the Transformers to come to Earth and, and then figure out that it's up there and then go up there and then, you know, set hell ablaze. And who knows, maybe that'll happen December 21st this year. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that, you know, yeah. that, that's another topic we're going to get in, into, not on this show, but on another show, on what our thoughts are and, and what's happening in the media, what's happening in film and so forth about the end of the world, possible end of the world. You know, we've had that in, a number of times over the, the years sort of pop up. I think this is the only one that carries some clout, but at the same time, I don't think there's much to worry about. I think we'll still be here this time next year. Yeah, I, you know, just because the Mayans can't add any higher than December 21st, 2012. <laughs> oh, I, I know a few people who would take exception to that, Kevin. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. No, look, yeah, we, you know, we, we won't go down that route. We'll stay away from we'll, that, Frank. No, we, we will, but we'll do it on another show where we can, you know, have a complete discussion over... Look, at everything, even to... You know, the sun, when that will eventually run out of power, explode and consume the earth, and what the hell do we do? <laughs> you know, we, it won't be within our lifetime, of course. But We hope. Know, well, <laughs> you know, then, then it gets into the other question of, is reincarnation possible? And if it is, I don't want to be reincarnated during that time. <laughs> <laughs> or I want to be on a different rock. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, <laughs> all, all interesting topics from the crazy mind of Mark and Kevin. <laughs> that you, you have to think about my warped sense of humor. They used to always talk about where I live, where I grew up. I grew up not far from Washington, D.C., you know, and this is Cold War era type of things. And everybody said, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I said, look, you people, if they say there's a nuclear attack coming, you can run as far as you want. I'm going in. Because I want the bright flash and I want it over with. I do not <laughs> want to see the world 
after a nuclear attack. <laughs> no, that you know you, you you kind of see that in in various movies, um, and you know there's been a ton that have been made, and a couple stick in my mind, but I can't remember the name of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just having to deal with the aftermath. Wow, that'd be difficult. I, you know, Stephen King's The Stand is a classic one where government facility releases a plague accidentally and then it goes and takes over the world. And of course, well, it doesn't take over the world entirely, but well, it kind of, it takes over enough of the world. Um, certainly it takes over the US, but then that's the standard thing that happens in every US movie. <laughs> they, the US government kills the US people and then a select few of the US you know, citizens fight back, defeat the bad guys and save the world. I think I, th- I think course. that pretty much summarizes Holly summarizes Hollywood in a in a nutshell, um, <laughs> and you know from a, from an Australian it's like you know I, I sort of look at it and think, come on, why can't we have aliens out here? Why can't we have you know nuclear attacks out here? What why is it just you guys to get all the fun? <laughs> you know, it's just you know it's it's just a. a a, a, a great blessing to live in a country where I can have my ass blown up, burnt off, or shot all in one day. <laughs> I gotta say, it's gonna be entertaining for you, that's for sure. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's our little movie rant. Um, <laughs> rant for now. I'll tell you what. One horror movie do not see is I Spit on Your Grave, especially the unrated version. <laughs> oh. The horror parts are good, but the female abuse parts are very, 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 very disturbing. Very mm. disturbing. And it, that movie is where I, I draw the line and I say, horror is not horror when women have been abused in a movie. And it, it still to this day bothers me. It's one of those movies that once you see it, you can't unsee it. And... You know, probably the, the producers and directors would be happy with that claim. But that's not a positive review for that movie. <laughs> it is extraordinarily disturbing. And uh, honestly, I'm, I'm surprised that it, it even actually got to a production release. It's actually the most extreme movie I've ever seen. Uh, well, that so that says something. I've seen some extreme stuff and that was bad. There is always somebody that will pay to make some sort of movie and it will get released somehow. Mm. It's guaranteed. I don't care because I have seen some real stinkers and I'm going seriously, somebody pay and with big name actors and comedians and stuff in it. I'm going, Oh my Lord. You know, did they do this movie as a write off or something? Yeah. Cause it's just (laughs) that bad, but you know, to each his own. Everybody likes something different, so maybe in some warped... You know, I, I'd love to hear the elevator pitch for some of these crappy movies. How you sold that to the movie executive for them to sink money into something that's that crappy. Oh, definitely. And, and certainly horror movies, they do work on very small budgets. Um, and, you know, it, it shows sometimes. But, you know, what I hate is when you actually watch a trailer of a movie and... The trial is the best part of the movie. They put all the good parts in. There was this comedy movie a while back, and it was so pathetically bad that I I can't even recall 
what the name of it was. But I looked at the trailer and it was funny. It looked great. The trailer went for a minute and a half. I watched the hour and a half movie and after 40 minutes, I was like, oh man, this is better. This better get better than this. Kept watching, kept watching. An hour and 10 minutes. It's not getting any better. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, oh, it was just absolutely shocking. I, um, I hate it when they do that. You know, they took my money. And that was definitely a movie that should have just been pirated. Actually, yeah, you know what? I, I should start up a, a pirate website that, that you know, is, okay, here's the movies that are crap. These are the ones that you do not want to rent. But if you want to see it, please pirate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now you can't put my new favorite movie in there. Well, uh-oh. Not, not, not Honey Boo Boo again. Jeez, no, that's a television that, show. That, that has been disturbing me all week. And you know what? There was a, a report on the Sydney Morning Herald uh, this last week where, you know, no Australian uh, television company has, has picked up the rights to it. And for once, for once in my life, I am proud of Australia and proud of the Australian, you know, uh, television stations for not picking up that crap. <laughs> we, you know, it's funny. The other night I was sitting here working and they got it... Uh, some friends of ours that we know, uh, Steve Stanger and uh, Mark Pauly, who uh, switched remark on mm-hmm. Twitter, uh, got in, and I jumped into the conversation, and they got to talking about "Here Comes Honey Boo Boo." Steve had been sat down to watch it, and uh, it was really funny. I, I and I said, "Yeah, it's my new guilty pleasure." <laughs> so, and then I was I've told. Three people at work, and I've got at least two of them watching it now. Oh, my God. You're you're like the cheerleader for the show, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it's just so pathetic. I mean, how can, you know, this says where the United States is going when this type of, one, this type of show gets on the air. Well, where's the world going? (laughs) You know, thank God, thank God Australia hasn't picked up the rights to it yet, but we, we have, we, we produce our own level of crap out here, you know, that you just look at it and it's like, okay, well that was just put on TV for shock value and for nothing else. And, you know, to make people sit like zombies in front of the screen. And if I'm going to sit like a zombie in front of the screen, I want something good. You want some zombies on the screen. That's even better. <laughs> uh, so, so what was this movie that uh, is your your latest and greatest one that you were about to mention? Oh, uh, Kenny. We've talked about oh, it before. Oh, yeah. That's great. That, that's, that's, that's my new favorite. I've been turning people on to Kenny as I can, you know, brag, uh, talking it up and saying, you have to watch it. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread, except it's not the bread they're slicing. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's just an absolutely priceless movie. It's, you know, Australia makes some really good film and really good TV. And, you know, I love a lot of the content that we make. It's very different to the way the US makes movies. Um, it's not self, not as self-serving. And I don't want to offend any of my US friends in saying that, but Hollywood still has that tendency to, we are great, we are the best look at us and whereas our movies deal more pardon me deal more with people storylines and less about look at us um that that's my personal view maybe maybe other people would disagree with me but i don't feel that we're out there saying hey look at us we're out there making really intriguing film 
Uh, and certainly I think Kenny is one of that where, if anything, we're having a laugh at ourselves with that type of movie. Where we're saying, hey, yeah, look, this is a shit job. Someone's got to do it. And let's have a bloody good laugh at it. Um, it's certainly it's certainly not, <laughs> for, you know, saying, hey, look at us. We're, we're the greatest, uh, you know, <laughs> toilet cleaner uppers there are, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's every time I see the uh, uh, jet rotting truck that we have, the one that goes and flushes the sewers, goes down the street, <laughs> I always think of Kenny at the Nashville convention during that movie, you know, looking at those trucks and, and the way he reacts to it. It's absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah. No, it's, so it's, it's, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you've got to see it. And unfortunately, I don't think it's still on iTunes. Um, I don't think it's even on iTunes in Australia, let alone the US. And I'm only looking on the US at the moment because that's the store I've got up. Um, and, you know, that that is one disappointment. No, it's not up there yet. That That is one disappointment that I have with Australian movies is generally because the audience is a little bit smaller. Uh, what we find is that our movies don't get seen as much, you know, um, or by a wide enough audience. And therefore, then they stop producing them for a while. And, you know, it may take 10 years for it to come back out. Uh, certainly, I know I can get it on DVD. That's not an issue. But it'd be nice to be able to say to everyone, hey, it's on iTunes now, go and, you know, rent it, because it really is worth, at the very least, a rental. Yes, I. but you know me, I had to go buy a copy. And, oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, I think this weekend it'll have to be watched yet again. So, well, you know, uh, I'm glad I've made it your, your favourite movie, so next time Honey Boo Boo comes on the screen, just, just think of putting Kenny on. It's the same well, level of shit. <laughs> well, or I, or I could, or, or, yeah, I know that's that. Or I could watch uh, the Urkel show where people are oh. sniffing other people's bums. <laughs> I never thought Urkel could stoop that low. He didn't yeah. have to stoop; they were standing up on a stand, so they had to bend over. And sniff it. You, you know what? What I look at is is um, sometimes actors, child actors, who couldn't make it as an adult actor should just go and wash cars or just, you know, go and get an education and don't try to come back because, yeah, look, you know, he seems like a, a nice enough guy and so forth and, and well done for him that he's actually got the show, but it, it's just in somewhat poor taste at times. You know, some of it's interesting, though. But, yeah, the, the woman sniffing the guy's backside, that was where I just... No, no. Well, you have to, you know, you talk about poor taste. You mean the toilet seat, the way it tasted, or what? When they had to oh, touch everything oh, with their mouth? Oh. I don't ever want to think about it. Oh. <laughs> hey, Kevin, you know you know what? Uh, the Oxford English Dictionary, we're, we're going a little bit highbrow now. <laughs> oh, I say, old chap, a bit highbrow. <laughs> They've released a ton of new words, and you know what? Bazinga isn't in there. Who the hell is choosing these words? Because there's some wacky doodles there. Um, okay, they've got L-O-L-Z. Now, uh, forgive me if, if I sound stupid here, but I thought a dictionary was a place for words. So is it laws or lols or... Anyway, and then they've got... The, the sort of laughing one that people put out on social networks, the M-W-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H. 
There we go. I mean, you know, really? Really? That needs a dictionary meaning. Yeah. Really? To quote the article we're looking at, seriously? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. And this actually came from Gizmodo. Um, You know, they already went through it, and we're just sort of regurgitating and having a laugh at it. Uh, Tweeps, you know, that's not a bad one to add in there. You know, no. Tweeps, that describes you and me, you know. I, yeah. think, I think a few people would describe us as twits, but, you know, either way works for us. <laughs> um, and if we were twits, we'd actually be making more money podcasting. That, That's bloody, right. that bloody twit network. You'd be in the, you'd be in the brick shithouse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, oh. Kevin, I don't think we're ever going to get the same advertisers now as they've got in the brick shit house after that one. I think we've done our dash. Ford, Ford are never going to let us do an ad for them. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know, hackathon's a good one. Yeah, that describes it. Uh, life casting, cool. Yeah. Inbox. Yeah, they, they've just said just now. It's like, yeah, the inbox is... I mean, really, the inbox is almost dead when you think about it. So many people use social networks to communicate. Uh, they use, me- if you're on an iPhone, you use messages. Um, you know, I still use email a lot because that's what I, I use, but it's going out of fashion and Kevin's busting to say something. Either that or he's just busting. But, <laughs> but the inbox existed even before email. <laughs> I mean, yes, it did too, didn't it? The, the good old-fashioned in-and-out box that you'd sit on your desk. I still, yes, I still, I still use one of those. Not I that mean, I use it properly, but you know, well, yeah, I, actually, I do use it properly. It's exactly the same as my normal in inbox. There's a ton of crap in in the inbox and nothing in the outbox. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then they've added UX. I got no idea. That must be some abbreviation. You- I think it's an abbreviation for user experience. Really? Well, that was, that's not much of a user experience, Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, video chat. Really? You need to describe what a bloody video chat is? Is video. And you're chatting to someone. Oh, oh God. A Wikipedian. Okay, I like that one. Someone who goes on and, and screws up the Wikipedia entries, which is <laughs> yeah. why I still believe you cannot trust it as the be all and end all. And I know people disagree with me, but tough luck. Uh, people can get in there and people are morons, even smart people. Uh, date night. Again, everyone knows what that is. A dirty martini. Yeah. I don't know if I want to know what that is. No. Douche. You know what? I've only ever heard of the term douchebag. But no, I've heard it abbreviated, you douche. I've heard that. Oh, so. yeah, so am I actually now thinking of it. DW, what's that one? I don't know. That one's got me. I'm trying to think of something filthy to say about it, but I can't. <laughs> that, Data warehouse. That's not filthy. <laughs> that's boring. Uh, I tried to clean it up. Yeah. Well, we've got to use the explicit tag at least once. Um, okay. Genius. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, gee, why are they just adding genius? The I only mean, reason I can think they're adding the, the this Apple is because genius of the part. Apple genius. But, gen- I mean, but, but, I mean, surely when Einstein was around, he was classed at the time as a genius. I mean, yeah. Group hug. 
Really? I don't want group hug in my dictionary, thank you. I like group hugs. They're a little bit creepy, you know. It's like too many people, too many, oh. too many breaths, and you know, there's other group activities that aren't too bad, but group hugs, yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't, wouldn't go for. <laughs> anyway, moving right along, uh, guilty pleasure. Yes, well, that's a guilty pleasure of mine. Let's move right along. <laughs> <laughs> Micro pig, a pig of whoa, very whoa, whoa, whoa. you skipped one. I, I did. Hose pipe, hose pipe ban. I skipped it because I didn't know what the hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, their, their description there, and the, the listeners can look at the description in the article. Like, wait, seriously, what the? <laughs> what the beep? You know, I, the- I, I got to say something. Look, you know, I, I use Gizmodo a lot to get sort of, you know, just some general tech geek gaming news, all that kind of stuff. What does turn me off, though, is they've used the word fuck three or four times. And I'm not opposed to using the word fuck. I can say fuck a lot, and I don't fucking care. But what really pisses me off is when people use fuck in literature. That really, really fucking pisses me off. (laughs) I'm not sure I understand how you feel about this. (laughs) No, I, I seriously dislike it. I, you know, in in conversation, in an expression of something, you know, Stephen King, you know, I love him as an author, and he uses the word quite a bit, but he uses it to express an emotion, a feeling, or a situation, and then to move on to, to whatever's happening, and he does it well. He does it really nicely. Um, you know, in movies, it, look, even in this show, explicit tag, and we say the word, okay, maybe a little bit more than in this show that I normally do. Um, but really, when it's written down, I, I just think that whoever wrote this really has poor English skills. And, and let's see, who, who is the, a, a Casey Chan? I assume a case, Casey is a girl's name there, and boy, I feel sorry for her. Uh, you know, it, it's just, there, there's no room for language in a blog post. It's like, you can question it. You can say, why would they put it there? Or what the hell? But to use the F word, it's just like, God, you need a new dictionary. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I've had my rant. I, I, I just, I feel that literacy should always maintain a certain quality. And when it's, yeah. tech, when it's tech-related or it's on a technology geek-based website, you know, you get enough of it in the idiots that comment on this stuff. You don't need it by the actual author of the, the article. And, you know, look, I can say this with some confidence because I write for different websites. And there is oh. no way I'd put that word in any article, no matter how shit the app was that someone sent me. Yeah. I, I just found out what a hosepipe ban is. Do I want to know? Yeah, it's clean. It's a ah. British term meaning you can water your garden with a hose pipe or garden hose because of the drought. You can't water your garden or... Well, that or, sort of or, makes sense because the Oxford English Dictionary is in Oxford. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, we'll assume. All right, so, so micro pig. Micro pig, a, a pig of a very small, docile, hairless variety. Do pigs have hair? Yeah. Really? I thought they just had pink skin. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong pigs. It's a pig and a poke there for you. <laughs> and then, oh. Oh. Oh, Kevin. Oh. Oh. Hey, I don't know what that one is. I don't even know how you would 
write the definition of O. And this isn't O the letter, this is O-H. As in, oh. I mean, you know, what what would you say? That it's an expression of gas that's coming out of your body or something? <laughs> oh. I don't, uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that one you got me. Uh, and then ripped. Okay, I know what that is. Yeah. Uh, soul patch. Oh, I think soul patch is that little... The little, you know how you'll see guys who got oh, no little, hair on their face. The, the little goatee beard, beard under the under the uh, bottom lip. lip. Yeah, That's a soul I patch. I, I saw, think that's I, I thought called. that was a pussy tickler, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we we're getting the explicit explicit tag this week, <laughs> and that brings us on to Vajazzle. And uh, oh no 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 no, <laughs> Kevin, oh, no. I I don't know what the hell a Vajazzle is. But I know another vut word. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, dear. but that's—it's in the dictionary. I can do this. Oh dear. No, look. You know, some of them are just absolutely obscure, and I just—I think, you know, why are they there? Look, you know, if that's just a reason for for the dictionary companies to release a new publication, you know, seriously, guys, come on. Who's going who's gonna to want to buy it for for that update? It's um, a bit it, bizarre. It, it sounds to me like the uh, Oxford English Dictionary has merged with the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And and you know, look, I, I took uh, you know the author of that article to task for using the F word so much. Um, but in all honesty, I look at the words that have been added to the dictionary in today's society, and I start to think, you know. That isn't really what I want our society to be associated with. Um, maybe there is a place for an urban dictionary, but maybe it shouldn't be merged with a traditional dictionary. Yeah, I, I this this is uh, all jokes aside. This is the dumbing down of society when you start adding words like this and i mean and slang terms hey i've used slang all my life don't don't think it's wrong but i don't think it should be added to the lexicon or, or not lexicon the, the 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 written record and the historical fact of what our society is i mean you can look back at things like uh other words that can't like keep on trucking was a popular phrase way back in the seventies and stuff like that. Make, make love, not war in the sixties. And you know, all that kind of, it's, it's great historical perspective, but seriously, we're going to add words, the jazzle to the Oxford English dictionary. I mean, I don't know what it means. I'm not really sure. I want to know what it means, <laughs> but it, it just, you know, I, 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 it, we look at this, and this article makes me think of that movie Idiocracy all over again. I mean, really? We are, you know, this is the dumb people taking over the world. I'm not a smart person. I'm not claiming to be overly intelligent. You know, I score, I score average. I'm a mediocre type of person. But seriously? Bajazzle. What the hell? Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, you know, just... The, the abbreviation words, I mean, we're all guilty of it. Twitter's got 140 characters. SMS messaging has 140 characters as well. I think it's 140. It might be 160. Either way, it forces you to 
you know, shortened down expression statements like laugh out loud, LOL. Um, but, you know, sometimes I'm reading people's Twitter feed and thank God I follow people that actually have half a brain and can actually use words to explain a lot in the 140 characters. <laughs> but sometimes I read some people's and it's like, I've got to decode your message. And it's like, if I've got to decode your message, you are stupid and I ain't doing it. <laughs> you know what I You know what I love? And I can't remember which Twitter client, and I think a few of them do it now, is you can type in a long message, like it might be... 200 characters. Oh, and they'll then manually you, sh- shorten it down. Yeah, TweetDeck does that, um, where it'll actually it's shorten. It, it's good because, like, before... It's hilarious. ...would become B4, so you don't have to think about it. But then everyone's got to decipher it on, on their end. And, you know, I've, I've never been one to use slang. If, if anyone looks at, at my uh, Twitter feed, they'll notice the most amount of slang I use is laugh out loud. I don't even do the little emoji icon thing because I can never remember which is a frown and which is a smile it's like I don't know which way it goes um so I, I just you know if I think something's humorous or funny uh, yeah and Kevin's doing the little emoji for me now but if I think it's funny I just put a laugh out loud on it and that is literally about the most I'll do but I actually sit there and I actually type out a tweet and I actually think hey you know what word can I use? And sometimes I bring up the the Mark can't I'll bring up the th- <laughs> the thesaurus um, to actually see what other words I could use. And that, actually, I do that a lot, even in my writing. I'll use the thesaurus a lot just to see. Okay, would there be a better word that can actually be put in here to express an opinion, a thought? Uh, and it's amazing what a thesaurus can do. Maybe instead of worrying about the dictionary, maybe we should be getting our kids worried about using the, the thesaurus and figuring out what words can be linked together, assim, you know, assimilated, and then getting them to actually write properly. Because I, I, you know, I, I know a lot of the younger generation, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily an, an older generation, but, you know, I already see a younger generation who are not writing correctly. Um, they're not writing in long form. Everything's abbreviated. Um, you know, I, I, I'll get a message from my stepson and, you know, he's turned 21 this year and the message is like, what, which way do I look at this thing? I got to turn the phone upside down to try and figure out what the hell he's trying to say. (laughs) And it's like, can you please look, talk to your own people in that way. When you talk to me. Use English, even if it's basic, bland, boring English. Please type out the word completely. If it takes more than a single message, so be it. You know, just my personal opinion on the matter. So you don't mind if he vajazzles with his posse when he's trying to dazzle them, do you? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. And you know what? On that note, I think we'll call this episode... Hey, close. We we didn't get to talk about our other things that we had on on the plate, but really, you know, what what were we? Oh, we were going to talk about Cartoon Network and, and morons, but you know what? I, don't, I think that can wait till next week because they're not going to change <laughs> between well, now. Still going to be week. morons then. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then uh, we were going to talk about Samsung versus Apple, where Samsung lost one point zero five billion dollars to Apple. And you know what's funny about that, Kevin? is that value is a quarter of Samsung's operating profit, but it's only a tenth of Apple's cash on hand. 
you, that that just amazes me. It, we'll take a couple extra minutes here. I was watching the tweets roll through as as the verdict was being read, and I'm going, okay. Well, at first it didn't sound like much, and then they kept going. I'm going, oh, Samsung is seriously screwed, or as I like to say, a metal shaft wrapped by a helically inclined plane. Um, and any points for anybody who knows where that came from, and uh, except for Mark. <laughs> oh, I wanted to get uh, some cake crud. Nah, none for you. Um, but I, you know, and then then you and I started talking before the show, and you told me one point how much? One point zero five mil a uh, billion billion with a B. How it? I can't even fathom a million dollars. One point zero five billion dollars. I mean, that you know, is you know what, so you, beyond screwed that I can't imagine. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. It's like, oh, my God. You know, and look, they said that the finding is final. And look, this is all fresh. We're recording literally an hour, two hours after it's just been announced and handed down by the jury. Uh, but, you know, you can pretty much guarantee that this money won't get paid. It'll go back to court. Samsung will, you know, want to refute it and so forth, you know, because... Seriously, if they paid out that much money to Apple, well, Samsung might as well go and hunt up their shingle and, and retire because, you know, that's a quarter of their operating profit. That's a hell of a lot of money for them. And, um, yeah, to, to be valued at only a tenth of Apple's cash on hand, that Apple would be going, oh, keep your money. We've got plenty of money. We don't need your money. <laughs> you know, it's the principle behind it. Well, you know, that and, then, of course, Samsung's one of their biggest business partners. You know, that, that is a little bit of a cause for concern, isn't it? Because, you know, that is a, a big wipeout that, you know, would definitely hit Samsung's earnings uh, hard, especially if they pay it out. Uh, so you still got to look at it and think, well, what happens with their manufacturing division because their retail division was so far up their own asses that they couldn't see that they were the ones who actually ripped off Apple? Yeah, I. Yeah, it's just... It's, it is. I'll just say this. It's mind-boggling. I can't wait to read some of the insightful, in-depth pieces that I know will be coming out over the next couple of days. I've purposely avoided all the stuff, you know, other than little bits and pieces I've caught there. Just because it, it, it's like the presidential election. I can't stand to hear any more crap at this point. I just want it over with. Yeah, it's like but, elect um, someone and, and get it done. Let's, let's move on. Um, but the... Uh, uh, this this whole trial thing, it's been back and forth, and it's Apple v. Samsung v. Apple v. Apple v. Samsung v. You know, whatever. It's like, I'm I'm thankful it's finally, well, no, it's not finally over with, but at least they've come to some conclusion. But, you know, I it, it could be really bad for Apple, even with the money that they could get. It could do a lot of damage to the products they're putting out there because... I mean, they get don't they get a fair portion of the screens, and I think a fair portion of their memory and solid state stuff Direct comes from, from Samsung. Samsung. Yeah, so it, it so, could be an issue. Yeah, I, the, I, the the only way it would stop being an issue if Apple actually turned around and said, "All right, well, you're not worth anything now. We'll buy you out for next to nothing, and then we'll run your manufacturing as our own." Yeah, but I don't see Apple doing that. Neither do I somehow, but I'd like to see them do their own manufacturing and not rely on anyone else. I'd like to see them get back to their own manufacturing. Um, I don't know if it would make it, them better or anything, but they are renowned for everything in-house. The design's in-house, the OS is in-house. 
on their own gear. You know, it, it works seamless. So you'd think that they could then eliminate, that they could possibly even reduce costs for the end consumer. They could maybe eliminate some problems and, and so forth by running the manufacturing side of things. Um, yeah, look, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And it's all hearsay. I know absolutely nothing. I I don't understand the legal system as we know. Um, I, I think, you know, well, clearly, you know, the Samsung lawyers were blood sucking and suck shit. You got to go and find a new job tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> or on Monday morning. You're out of work. There's no way Samsung will keep you employed. You lost and you lost big time. I, yeah. I wonder what happens to lawyers after they lose a big case like that. Do they sort of get thrown on the junk heap or do they, they end up, you know, getting other jobs that pay just as well? I, I, I suppose it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. Like normally, you know, if you're in another profession and, you know, you did something that cost that much, God knows what, it, I can't think of anything at the moment, but you'd almost be unemployable afterwards. I think um, most of them become politicians in the United States. <laughs> Don't worry. They become politicians in Australia as well. Should, see, <laughs> see, you should bury the lawyers at the bottom of the ocean before they have a chance to become a politician. Now, there are, uh, you know, all, all jokes aside, there are some good lawyers out there, there and all are. that. But, but it seems like, just like any other profession, the slimiest ones... In any in any profession, like slimy doctors, lawyers, they ruin it for sl- everyone else. Slimy computer people. Yep. I mean, you and I are I or you, you write about IT. I'm in the IT. They ruin it for everybody else. They 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 create the stereotype. Just like here comes Honey Boo Boo creates the stereotype for the for for uh, for the south, southern U.S. So I mean, you know. Yeah, and, and, and that's disappointing because it's always that few people or that small group of people that ruin it for everyone else, and I really disagree with that. I don't think that... Um, I don't think that should be... You can't pump it out of society, though, but it just shouldn't happen. You know, it's really... I, I, look, I just live in the Star Trekian world of everyone's peaceful, everyone's working for the common good, and let's move forward rather than, you know, let's try and screw each other in the process i just yeah anyway i'm i'm crazy i'm nuts i know it um and our only other topic that we were going to touch on but we'll touch on next week and i you know the man who shall remain nameless is going to weigh in on this big time is can you really edit photographs on the ipad and i say no and there's a Uh. there's there's a reason why i say no now you Okay, let me just do it quickly, and then we'll have a good discussion about it next week, and, and people can give us some feedback before we have the discussion on their opinions. So please, give us feedback, gse at mymac.com, on this topic. Now, when I say iPad, I just mean touch tablet computers. It could be an Android, could be a Windows 8 tablet, I don't care. The biggest problem with editing photographs on the iPad or a tablet device is you have no color accuracy at the system level. Now, in the Mac, you've got color profiling and you can actually color correct a Mac to a printer to a series of Mac displays. You can't do that on the iPad, with one exception. There are some apps available, ones from Datacolor, who makes the, the spider uh, that actually sits on, on the screen and calibrates your Mac and your printers and, and your Windows PC. Um, they actually make an app that allows you to calibrate the iPad screen. But 
you have to do all your editing within that one single app. If you don't do all the editing within that one single app, then as soon as you leave the application and you go to another photo editing app, you are uncalibrated. So what I'm saying is for an amateur, yes, you can edit photo, photographs on an iPad, but for a professional, you shouldn't unless you've got, you know, th this app and, and this spider calibration tool, just purely because you're not going to get color uniformity across all your gear. And this, this actually came, I'm pretty sure, and I, I really need to give credit to who brought it to my attention, and I'm sure it was Bart B. Schott, so he either brought it to my attention on the NiceloCast podcast or the International Mac podcast. It was one of the two, and I'm sure he turned around and, and you know, he's a photographer himself, and I'm sure it was him. If it's not, I apologize, but I, I want to give credit to someone because I know that it wasn't me that came up with this idea. I'm not that smart to figure this out. <laughs> but someone who sits there and, and figures everything out. I, I don't. I just I, I jump on everyone else's bandwagon and go with it. But, but seriously, it, it is a real issue. There's a lot of photography apps out there for these touch devices. And if you're looking for color accuracy, you're not going to get it. And um, yeah, just food for thought. So now I I think that's good because I, I mean my iPad won't run iPhoto um, because it's the first gen and I you know it's interesting I I just couldn't see myself I have enough trouble editing photos when I have a mouse or a trackpad on my Mac that I don't even want to think about my little sausage fingers trying to do it on Ooh, the, but, on but, the but you have not read my review that was published today on the Mac Observer for FX Photo Studio HD on the iPad. Now, this is absolutely incredible, and I'll quickly show uh, Kevin what it does. So there, there's a picture of my daughter looking very cyborg-y because you can actually paint the effect on there. Now, if I want to erase the effect, what happens when you touch the screen, see where my finger is, it no longer blocks it. It pops up a new window that shows exactly where... It's going. So instead of trying to look around your finger to see accuracy, you follow what's in that little square. Hmm. And that has made this this app, I, I rated it at four out of five and, and did a, a 1600 word review on it. And it is just beautiful. It does have its flaws. You can't edit it in portrait mode. So you can't view and edit your photographs in portrait mode. Big mistake. Um... And it doesn't allow you layers. So you can put all different features on, so all different effects and filters and so forth. But you can't go back three steps before and say, you know what, I wonder what this would look like if I didn't have this filter here. It doesn't give you that ability. So you've got to go undo, undo, undo. And that just, that gets tedious. But um, yeah, for photo editing, I've had it for a while. That, that app um, was not even provided to me by the app developer. That was one I actually paid for and bought. Uh, I'm the recommendation of Scott Wilsey from the Pocket Size Podcast. Um, and it's, it helps me create web-based graphics for these articles I write. It allows you to do pixel-by-pixel pixel, uh, image editing. So you can crop to exact pixels. You can resize to exact pixels. And that's mm. really, really handy in a touch device. And it's certainly the the best use of touch editing and touch painting of effects that I've, I've come across so far. So yeah, you, even though, cause you know, Kevin and me, we have big hands, big chunky fingers and thumbs and, 
and and stuff like that. You know, and yeah, it's, it's good for nose picking and, and booger flicking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, when when they put that offset box there. And I saw that, I just went, wow, this is really, really top-notch. They really thought about that. And I hope a lot yeah. more app developers, you know, take that kind of thing when it comes to, you know, using your finger or even using styluses on the uh, on, on the touchscreen devices because I think it's really useful uh, to get that am- amount of control and that level of uh, accuracy too. So and anyway, now that we've... Um, gone down that track i think it's time to end the show before we put everyone to sleep and everyone goes we don't like it when you do an hour and a half or longer shows we only (laughs) want an hour show there's too much now we're gonna have to call this not another geekiest show ever if you keep doing that so uh (laughs) kevin where can the listeners find out more about you and what you're going to be up to in the next week or so um they can always follow me on twitter at twitter.com forward slash B I G underscore I N underscore V A, or you can go over about dot me uh, slash Kevin Alder and find out the stuff that I'm thinking about, linking to, doing, or whatever else there, and the other shows I may occasionally appear on. Fantastic! And for anything about me, simply go across to Mark dot yeah, not Mark dot Greentree. That's my email. Simply go across to Mark Greentree. Dot com, and you can find out everything about me that you could possibly want. And who knows, maybe even some things that you don't want to know. Uh, and for more information about the show, simply go to geekiestshowever.com and send us an email with some feedback at gse at mymac.com. And hey, if you even want to listen, if you even want to, sorry, um, leave feedback in iTunes for us. We'd absolutely love to get that iTunes feedback. It helps with the rankings. And who knows, one day we might beat, you know, some of the other funny podcasts out there. Although I think there's more people that are funnier than we are, but that's kind of depressing. Anyway, thank you for listening and subscribing. Until next week, take care. And between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Lisa Pasali. I'm Suze Gilbert. I'm Vicki Stokes. And we're the three geeky ladies. You could be watching Hoarders. Or you could be reading Fifty Shades of Grey. You could be ghost hunting. Or you could be listening to the three geeky ladies. So put down that book, shut off the TV, and turn on your iPod. And listen to the three geeky ladies. Find us on iTunes under the Stoplight Network.